Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo with big data and real-time and predictive analytics from the consumer to the enterprise. Learn how to help your organization move in exciting new directions. Here's your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. Let's see what the buzz is today. I have a quote from a young lady named Kirsten Green. She's an American venture capitalist and the founder and managing partner of a company called Forerunners Forerunner Ventures. Uh, she has worked as an angel investor and independent consultant. She was named, listen to this, in 2017, she was named the 93rd most powerful woman in the world by Forbes and made the Forbes Midas list of top tech investors. Here's the quote. Listen up. Retail is undergoing a massive change, and there is a chance for new leaders to emerge and older brands to reinvent themselves. That's a powerful quote, and that sets us up very nicely. So what are we talking about today, retailers? We have a message for you. Your in-store customer experience could make up to 98% of your total sales. That's right, 98%. How close does it have to get to hit you over the head? So if you go digital, if you're focusing on your web presence, do not just focus on clicks. You have to pay attention to bricks. That's right. You're trying to compete with online retailers, whether you have an online presence or not, but you need to transform your brick-and-mortar stores if you have any physical presence left. Let's look at a couple of big retailers who have done it very well. Tesla. They strictly have a showroom presence, no inventory is on hand, and only online ordering works well for them. Apple, Microsoft, Target, we call it Target, where I come from, to make it fancy, and Walmart use the latest technologies to lure customers back to the retail show floor. Do you need help? Well, we're going to talk to a tech startup company today that may be able to help you make your in-store experience shine again. So welcome to Startup Focus with Game Changers. Shout out to Christina Sosa at SAP who was listening on the line, put together this great panel. Let me tell you with whom I will be speaking. First up, I'll be introducing you to a newcomer to Startup Focus. He is Guillaume, Guillaume Valine, W-A-L-I-N-E. He's the CEO and co-founder of Indigo Connected Retail. And joining him is a returning panelist, always happy to have Steve Ritzke on. He's a director of business development for SAP Startup Focus. So let's go around the table to Monsieur Valine. I asked him, comment ça va? And he said, très bien, merci et vous? And I said, moi aussi, merci. So we had our little French conversation. And Guillaume has sent us a quote from Winston Churchill, who was very frequently quoted, Sir Winston, Leonard, Spencer, Churchill, KGOM. M-C-H-T-D, P-C-C-D-L-F-R-S-R-A. I have no idea what those mean, but he was a British statesman who served as the Prime Minister of the UK from 1940 to 45, and again from 51 to 55. There's a movie about him. You can see it. Here is the quote. Kites rise highest against the wind, not with it. Guillaume Valine, welcome. Bienvenue. Welcome to Game Changers Radio. How are you today? I'm very well. Thank you, Bonnie. Uh, and very well, except that I'm in Paris and it's raining a lot. <laughs> but except that, everything is fine. I'm glad to hear that. So tell me about this quote. How did you pick an, such a, a poetic quote from Winston Churchill? I'm not used to hearing such poesy in his words. So tell me, Guillaume. 
Uh, first of all, I think Winston Churchill is a very, very important man in the 20th century. He changed uh, the way we're living at the moment. And he's a man that had uh, different lives in his life. You know, he rise and fall several times. And I think it's the incarnation of resilience, the way you should always keep on uh, believing in what you're doing and keep on working. And I think this quote is at the same time poetic and very pragmatic because it's the way uh, here at Indigo we, we, in, we think innovation should be. And uh, if you're going mainstream all the time, you cannot raise as much as uh, when you're going not on a mainstream, against the wind, basically. So it's for me, it's a view of uh, how innovation should be done. Very interesting. Do, would, would you say from your perspective, and we'll talk to you in a few minutes about what your company does, Indigo Connected Retail, uh, rise highest against the wind. Is there there's this element in retail that you have to be so different that you're going against the tide, against the norm, against the fashion? What, what, is this something that startups understand or, or retailers who are established and trying to keep their business going in a very competitive, very global environment today, Guillaume? Do they understand that you need to go against Whatever it is, talk, uh, talk to me a little. I guess they feel they should go against the wind, but sometimes it's difficult to, to admit it and to take the step. But it's uh, the way we think uh, business should be done, and it's the way we are designing our technology. Most of uh, what's happening in the retail, in the digital merchandising in the retail industry is done through devices or online. And we decided that uh, there should be another way. You should provide the same experience as online, but you know, in a shop without any devices, just by transforming the whole shop into a device. Might sound a bit science fiction, but uh, if you think about Minority Report or this kind of movie, uh, you can visualize it, and our clients love it because it's a new way to do things, and it's uh, very emotional. It's um, a, new, a new way to do uh, marketing in store, basically. Very interesting. I like the way you introduced the word emotional in there. We're going to have to come back to that one because retail very often is emotional, isn't it? It's that gut reaction to something you see. It doesn't have to be on your shopping list. It doesn't even have to be in your budget, Guillaume. It just has to be that emotional connection. Thank you. Pleasure to meet you. And now let me speak with Steve Ritzke at SAP. And Steve has sent us a very, very, very long quote, Steve, but I love it, from Jay Wright, a coach of Villanova Villanova Basketball. Uh, I think they deserve a kudos right now and congratulations. The quote is from Jay Wright Gerald, J-E-R-O-L-D, Taylor J, nicknamed Wright Jr., born in 1961. I call that a very young guy. Is an American college men's basketball head coach at Villanova since 2001. He previously was a head coach and turned around the success at Hofstra University. I'm from Long Island, New York, and that's where Hofstra is, so uh, thank you to him for that. And he led the program to the NCAA tournament appearances in 2000 in 2001. He has just been a force of nature. He led Villanova to the 2016 champion to championship defeating North Carolina, where I live now, so we won't talk about any more of that. But he's a big-time coach, and here is the quote. Set your sights on a clear goal, but be open to change along the way. The path to success is never a straight line. Be willing to take detours. I'm, I'm making motions here, Steve, to take the detours and adapt to changing conditions along the way and remember to enjoy the journey, bumps and all. Steve Ritzke, welcome back. How have you been? I've been well. Thanks. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks very much. Thank you. Talk to me about this quote. You sent me a very, very long one. I love it. And, and how does it relate to our topic? <laughs> We're talking about... Quote because 
Goldova, yep. of course, was in the championship last night and, and played right. for the national championship and, and then won. So uh, kudos to Jay Wright for, for that victory. And, and uh, I happen to be a graduate of Villanova, so it was exciting for me in, in the household. Um, and I, I chose the quote simply because it's, it, it shows, you know, in digital transformation, a lot of these industries, of, of course, retail and consumer products, uh, there's massive change. And as we talked about the Amazon effect already, um, these these changes are happening, and our companies have to be willing to adapt or um, or become Amazon, if you will. So that's in effect uh, why I chose the quote. Thank you very much. What what do you think? Uh, what do you think Jay would say about retailers who are doing what we're talking about in our topic today, focusing more on the clicks than the bricks, because they think that's where the gold is. That's where the pot of gold is. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a combination of um, uh, convenience versus experience. So, you, you for retailers to survive, they have to make experiential. Uh, the, the difference is, is the experience for the user. So, as you mentioned, Apple is a is a great example of that. And uh, company, you know, people want to go to the Apple store so they can experience the Apple product and and feel and touch and and just have a tangible connection to the Apple product, um, and that's really the difference that many consumer product companies will have to get through to reach their their end customer. Did you like the way Guillaume used the word emotional? Do you think that's part of it? Absolutely. I think it, it is an emotional connection, um, and retailers can use technology to uh, reach into our emotions uh, through some of the insights that they're gaining and how we experience you know, not only their websites, but the products and, and how we experience our handhelds and devices and things that we can gain um, knowledge about products and and uh, and interact with the technology through innovations. Thank you very much. Guillaume, any thoughts about the quote that Steve just shared from Jay Wright? I, I like the quote uh, of Steve because it's, it's about sport and it's about uh, also the same idea as mine, it's about resilience. It's about hard work and teamwork, and so I like it a lot. Thank you very much, Guillaume. This is the part of the show where we get to know our panelists a little bit better. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. I usually start with where are you calling from? You already told us Paris, and it's rainy. So let me ask you, what time of the day or evening is it there, Guillaume? Uh, it's 6 in the afternoon. Okay, so it's past tea time, it's a cocktail time. Now I'm going to ask you what you're drinking right now or what you'd love to be drinking if you weren't on the radio. Uh, at the moment I'm drinking water because it's not the end of the day, but I'd rather be sipping some uh, Pinot Noir from Burgundy uh, with you and Steve, for instance. But uh, for the moment it's just water. Okay, is there anything special about the water? Do you have bottled water over there no, like we no, do no, here? No, but... Uh, the wine we would be sipping would be something, the wine from uh, one of my friends, a winemaker from Vaux Normandy. He's making very delicate and subtle wines, very beautiful one, ones, uh, a bit like uh, the one we had with Steve in New York during NRF. Do you remember, Steve? I do, I do. It was delicious. Yeah, it was excellent. It was not him, but this is the same kind of wine. So now the water is just plain water, but this is not the end of the day. 
Maybe later. Okay, not the end of the day. Now, Guillaume, before I ask Steve where he is and what he's drinking today or what he's dreaming about drinking, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about what your company does, Indigo Connected Retail. And when I think of Indigo, I think of a beautiful color on the the, the spectrum of colors. Uh, let's see, red, orange, yellow, blue, violet. It, Roy, Roy B. Give was what we were taught. Red, orange, yellow, blue, green, indigo, violet. There we go. Indigo is part of the color spectrum. So how did you pick the name and what do you do, Guillaume? Uh, the name indigo is um, indigo. Basically, it's a dye. It's used to to dye the denim, and we see ourselves as a dye because uh, you can see it, you can feel it, but you never can touch it. It's uh, everywhere in the denim, and it's how we we see our um, with Laura, my my partner, how we, we see uh, our role in the retail industry. Uh, basically, what we're doing at Indigo, we are transforming shops into smart shops, what we call them. Uh, we call them responsive shops. Uh, it's uh, shops that will react to what's happening in, inside the shop, how consumers are behaving, and also what's happening in the back office of the shop. Uh, so we are using IoT and big data to deliver a unique uh, shopping experience based on the scenario the brand wants to speak uh, the way the brand wants to speak to the customers. Uh, it's a um, technology quite unique, and it sounds a bit like science fiction, as I told you earlier, but it's mm-hmm. real. And uh, Basically, we are designing very uh, customized experience that will gather KPIs about what's happening anonymously in the store when the customers are in front of the product. Uh, we are kind of trading uh, gamification for data. And we are using a wide range of IoT. So to do that, we developed a framework uh, to manage all that. And the framework has been designed uh, on uh, SAP's technology, but that's just a, just a fact. So it's, it's a new way to do, um, to do in-store merchandising. And when we're speaking with the retailers, they are just amazed to see that all the furniture, all the display in the shop can bring them information uh, very similar to uh, Google Analytics. That's what we're doing. Thank you very much. I just love the choice of uh, indigo and the way you described it as a dye. You can see it, but you can't really touch it. It just, going back to the quote from Churchill, it just sounds so poetic to me. Do you have a, a banner or a logo that you use indigo in? Of course you do, right, Guillaume? Our, our logo is indigo, basically. It's uh, a blend between a deep blue, marine blue, and a violet. So that's, that's indigo. Lovely. Lovely. Hard to convey colors over the radio, but we can certainly try. Thank you very much. And Steve Ritzke, love to know where you are today. And uh, aside from the wine you were talking about when you met Guillaume, uh, what, what do you love to drink the most? Well, uh, sitting here in Newtown Square, which is our U.S. headquarters, and which is just outside, it's a suburb of Philadelphia. Um, and at the moment, just happen to be drinking some lemon-lime sparkling water because mm. I've had a old for the last uh, few days, and um, I think I'm through it, but uh, I figured I'd have a little sparkling water to, to make sure I'm through. Okay, well, I hope you feel better, and I want to ask you, Steve, what, what do you do for Startup Focus? I see here you're the Director of Business Development. How did you come about meeting Guillaume Valin from Indigo Connected Retail? And, yeah, so and, uh, it's a yeah, good question. So what we do with Startup Focus is we work with Guillaume and Indigo and companies like Guillaume's to... Uh, make sure that our customers can understand how we're innovating with uh, new new businesses and smaller companies that are doing innovative things around SAP. So 
SAP has obviously the various platforms, HANA, HANA Cloud, or SAP Cloud Platform. And with the help of Indigo, we're able to bring those innovations in, in a much more rapid uh, frequency to customers because the um, companies like Indigo are unhinged and are able to take advantage of all the technolo- technological advantages that these, um, these innovations can bring um, and innovate with customers more quickly. So we're working with startup companies throughout uh, the world, and Indigo happens to be one of those. So we're very happy to be with Guillaume today. Good. We are delighted to be with Guillaume. Thank you very much. I wish I spoke more French, but then Guillaume, it'd probably be just you and me and our French-speaking listeners and wherever they're listening to around us. And Steve, Steve, do you speak French? I don't think Steve would have a clue what we're talking uh, about. Unfortunately, Steve? do not. Okay. I'll, well, I'll follow along. You, Follow along. We'll connect the dots. Thank you very much. We're talking about a very interesting topic here, digital shopping era. That's one part of the topic, clicks versus bricks. We're talking about it from the perspective of retailers. Are you able to go from brick and mortar to an online presence but not get rid of the energy, the effort, the passion, the talent, the imagination, the skill in keeping your brick and mortar alive. How do you rescue brick and mortar when more and more of your customers are using devices to connect with whatever you are selling? In fact, they may be in your brick and mortar store and they may be clicking and popping away on their mobile device. It's a phone or it's a it's a tablet looking for coupons or something that will help them get a better deal when they're in the store. Are you there yet? Are you using digital in all of your outlets? Well, we're going to find out a lot more on how to get the job done. I'm speaking with Guillaume Valine, again, W-A-L-I-N-E. His company has a beautiful name, Indigo Connected Retail. And Steve Ritzke, whose company has a beautiful name, SAP, as well. A shout-out to Christina Sosa for working with Steve to put this panel together. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'm here in Durham, North Carolina. It's kind of blah outside. Uh, Let's see, it's... 1221, a little past noon here, drinking cool, clear water, because Steve, you know they do not let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days, and this is already my second show today. We had a show a little over an hour ago, so there you go. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll call it the pause that refreshes. Guillaume, you can drink anything you want. Just remember you're on the radio 90 seconds later, and Steve, take a sip of that sparkling whatever you're drinking, and we'll be right back. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app. That dial. Aaron out. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. 
new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line, you need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers. Here we go. We're back talking all about an attention up to retailers, digital shopping era. We're in it now. Wake up. Clicks versus bricks. How to rescue your brick and mortar if you're paying way too much attention and too much favoritism to the clicks over the bricks. you got to keep both going. As I mentioned in the opening, your in-store experience may account for up to 98% of your total sales still, so don't ignore it. Speaking with Guillaume Valine at Indigo Connected Retail and Steve Ritzke at SAP Startup Focus. And again, a shout out to Christina Sosa. Christina, I'm not on my laptop, so I can't see if you have any comments, but we'd love to see you tweeting. I see a couple of tweets here from you already, and she's using the handle at SAP Startups, plural. Thank you very much. We're going to start our roundtable now, and here's some notes that Guillaume sent me before the show. This is interesting. He says, um, new shopping habits, what user experience shoppers can expect in store. Let me read a little more, Guillaume. Uh, Guillaume says, since Amazon and e-commerce came into our lives, we are no longer the shoppers we used to be. We do not want to wait. We want to compare products. We want to discover them interactively. We want to feel that the salesperson should come when we want them to come and not when they want to come. We are demanding and we want to be in control. And Guillaume, I'm going to say, so there. So Guillaume, tell me, how how bad or good are we as shoppers today? What does this mean for retailers? Um. The thing is that um, last uh, yesterday I was shopping in Paris. I wanted to buy uh, a product in Darty, it's a convenience store, and I I just prefer my shopping going on the internet. And I wanted to find a vacuum cleaner, a robot for the vacuum cleaner, and I found the model. But when I came to the shop, I couldn't find it. The price was not the right one, and then the salesperson didn't know exactly what products could interest me. And it was kind of frustrating. It was the condition of frustration. And I think uh, as shoppers, we all are very, um, how I would say, puzzled and uh, annoyed by what's happening in the shop now. We are so used to a certain level of interactivity, a certain level of seamless shopping journey on the website that we feel we should have them inside the shop. And I think we're right. So uh, I think we are very bad clients for the retailers in the moment. But it's because retailers are not uh, giving us the shopping experience we deserve, basically. We deserve it because we are the clients. 
And uh, we don't see the difference between online and offline. This is a normal discussion. It doesn't, uh, it's not relevant anymore. So uh, I think we want to have uh, natural interfaces with the same kind of features you get on the website, like easily compare product, but there is this lack of uh, infrastructure and this lack of interfaces to do that in shops. Most of the experience are done on devices, but the device is very small and it's not very interactive, it's not very intuitive. So we want something else. And as you said, most of the, of the business is still done in shops, not online. So mm-hmm. there is something to, to do about that, and it's what we're doing at the moment. And uh, it works. So I think this is a new way, a new approach that uh, should be done more often. All right, all right, let me, before I bring Stephen on this, Guillaume, very important question on my mind. Are retailers not aware of this? Are they, are they hiding under a rock somewhere? Don't they see what their customers want, that the experience in the store has to be better? Why, why isn't this happening? It should be, should be a fait accompli that everything is what we need when we walk into a store. Why? Why not? Uh, it's because I think, the, at least in France, because I know France and Europe, I know more the, the retail industry in this zone, but uh, probably the same thing in, in the United States. Uh, there is a lack of vision of what the future of retail is going to be. Uh, they know the problem, they know the symptoms, but they, know how, they don't know how to cure it, or they only have some parts of the equation. And they lack uh, a framework, a, uh, a system to do that. It's because... Uh, it comes back to the to the quotes I said. Most of them are doing what they know. They are not uh, trying to to innovate enough. And innovation takes a long time. It's a changing process. And I think I don't like names like disruption and revolution. It's more about mm-hmm. changes, and changes take time. Very interesting, and you need Steve Ritzke. Thank you. Steve, I'd love to get your thoughts on this one. We'll bounce it back to Guillaume and get more from him after Steve speaks. Steve? I think I agree with Guillaume. I think it's a, it's a question of um, are retailers taking technology advances and integrating those with the shopping experience? So it's, it's all about convenience, as Guillaume mentioned. And when you walk into a retailer, is there, is there a way that these technologies, be that with kiosks or more interactive applications or machine learning or something on the on your handheld that helps you navigate the store in such a way that you can find what you need. Um, and w- whether or not a, uh, a salesperson comes up to it in that immediate moment, at least you have that similar experience as you have uh, and the similar convenience that you have when you're shopping on the, on the web. So it's, it's an ability to interact with the client, whether, um, whether they're uh, virtual or whether they're in store and, and giving them that same experience. Interesting. Uh, does this apply? Let me ask a question to Guillaume first and then to Steve. Does this apply to shoppers of all ages? Does this apply to boomers like me? And I, I know my personal disappointments with stores. I still shop brick and mortar, uh, probably more than I do online. But is there an, an age delineation, a demographic uh, cohort or two or three or five or ten that prefer the in-store experience and still expect the interactive interactive digital experience when their feet are on the ground in a store. Guillaume, what are you observing? Uh, sorry, I didn't hear you well. Uh, can you repeat the question? Yes, the question is, are, are there a certain demographic of shoppers, a certain age group who are in the stores and expect the digital experience to be yes. smooth and, yes. and interactive? 
What do you think? Yeah, yes, indeed. Uh, the surveys and studies, in, at least in France and Europe, show that millennials want to go back in stores. They, they want to, to have more contacts with people. Uh, for them, uh, everything that's digital is already integrated. It's part of their lives. Now they want something more. And they are coming with their experience of the, the natural way interaction should be, but in store. So uh, it's very interesting to see that uh, millennials want to go back in store and have, are expecting new way of displaying items, new way of discovering product, and new features in stores. So that's a very interesting way because most of the people thought that the millennials will stay in their couch, surfing mm-hmm. on their smartphone to go to shopping, but no, they want to go back in stores. Still, you know, 80% of the business is done in store, and it's not going to finish soon, you know. Okay, Steve, what do you think? You agree? It's uh, no, surprising I, I who's agree. actually in the store? Um, yeah. I, I think it supports the demographic. I think younger people would like to be out and have the more more time on their hands to be out um, and experiencing the, the product in the store. So I think that supports the, the whole idea of uh, it's, it's weighing the convenience versus the experience of shopping. And I think the experience of shopping can't be underestimated. Interesting. I I was looking for some Passover food the other day. I'm in Durham, North Carolina now, and I know in my community we have a message board, and I was paying close attention because people were saying they couldn't find matzah, which is a staple of the Passover experience. It's a particular kind of cracker made without leavening. And they said they'd been to four or five major supermarkets, retail supermarkets, brick and mortar, of course, and everybody was either out or didn't carry it at all. I called a few stores, and one said they would the manager took her cell phone and walked around to the Passover aisle and told me that they were out of matzah, but they had certain other products. Would I like to come in and, and find those? I said, no, thank you. Another store didn't even know what I was talking about, didn't understand me, said, no, we don't have anything, and just hung up the phone, didn't want to bother me. But I was told that there was another supermarket that still had some left. So I put my GPS on, and I navigated my way to the other store. I walked into one of the most beautiful Shopping experiences I've had in years in a supermarket, Guillaume and Steve. It was just gorgeous. I was greeted with fresh flowers outside, plants and plants in in pots and beautiful display of garden. And it was a beautiful 80-degree day here. That enticed me. I walked in and there were small displays of wine on on little kiosks in the store. Not a whole wine department, but just a kind of a teaser. This kind of wine for the holiday. Then there was the floral shop as soon as I walked in. And then there was a cheese department and beautiful cheeses. I was so enamored. I spent a lot of money and a lot of time in the store. Interestingly enough, the wine department was all the way in the back. But I didn't mind going all the way through the store and taking my time because it was such a beautiful experience. And by the way, they did have a shelf of Passover goods. Nobody in the store, none of the the, uh, clerks knew where it was, but eventually they helped me find it on the end cap on the back of aisle six, and there was matzah. But I just spent a lot of time because it was a beautiful experience. Guillaume, any thoughts about that? I think experience is vital if you want to to attract uh, people back into the into the shops, uh, taking them from Amazon and the web. I've got nothing against Amazon, but it's uh, it's um, the big enemy for the industry at the moment. Uh, shopping experience is, is essential uh, because 
if you have no shopping experience, you have no shoppers, basically. So uh, you were speaking about this lovely shopping experience, and it's the way I, I like doing market, in-store marketing. It's delivering emotions, not only uh, technical aspects of the product or just you know normal uh, normal shops. You have shelves, you have product. You cannot uh, dream about them. Uh, whether if you are making your client's dream, you are telling a story. If you're telling a story, it will help you sell the product. And for me. Uh, retailers, their job is to to make people feel uh, the product and listen to the stories. It's back to the basics, basically. And you need a good story to sell things. Absolutely. I like that. Steve, any thoughts about that before we move I, to something I, in your list? Ruth, Guillaume, and, and finally, like you say, I think the um, much of what a retailer is is a brand. Uh, so well, a lot of retailers are using their retail stores as marketing um Expense essentially, so it's a way to keep the brand ah. in front of the customer uh, very much so, where they can augment the the overall business model with the website and e e-commerce, but keeping the brand in front and center in front of the customer and giving giving the customer that ex- that experience and the ability to to have a tangible uh, connection to the product in in store is is essential and will be essential forever. Thank you. And and you know what made it even more interesting? My shopping cart was full. I bought everything I wanted, and then I realized I wanted some plants for my garden. So here I am with the shopping cart full, and the plants are outside. I couldn't take the shopping cart outside because I hadn't purchased yet. I hadn't checked out yet, but I wanted the plants, and I wanted to check out all at once. So I had a dilemma. I approached the young lady in the floral department who was cutting flowers for display, and I said, can you help me? What am I supposed to do? I want to get some plants. And she looked at me and said, leave your cart here in the flower shop. It was an area that was it was in the middle of the floral area, but it was like a little shop, a, a, like a little office where she had a sink and all of her cutting tools and display tools. She said, leave it with me. I'll watch it for you. And I went outside and I perused the flowers and I came in with a beautiful, it was a, a square, um, looked like a Greek decorated, but a plastic pot, two gallon pot with beautiful petunias and greens in it. $10, quite a deal actually. It was all yellows and whites and I put that in the bottom of my shopping cart and she wasn't there. So I went out again and I found one with reds and pinks and I, and then when I was done, I put that in and I claimed my cart and I went and checked out. So I had a literally one stop shopping, but it was her kindness that added to the experience. And wasn't that a nice thing, Guillaume and Steve, that people were paying attention and they were pleasant? Is that unusual today in retail? Steve, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know that it's unusual, but I think uh, I think smart retailers are understanding that good service is, is much as, um, as much as the experience as anything. So uh, the, the feel that you have in the store is, is essentially everything. And what brings you back, like, like, I'm sure you'll That's go right. back to that store the next time you're Absolutely. Around. Absolutely will. Now, Steve, I'm looking at your notes here, and here's an interesting, uh, we're talking about big box stores. You say big box and home improvement stores have launched a number of in-store features. Improvements include the use of handheld applications to improve and streamline the physical shopping experience of the past. Talk to me about that. What are they doing? Oh, you can exactly. drop some names. So, so when you, a lot of times you walk into a big box store, and it's like a maze. It's a warehouse, and you have no idea where you're. Uh, you, you're, you're trying to find a small item, and it's and it's this huge set of rows of uh, just an amazing amount of you know um, inventory. So 
you'd have to otherwise ask someone, and now with the advent of technologies and handheld technologies and these applications and machine learning, we can, and, and navigational tools, we can understand, okay, I'm looking for a, a certain type of screwdriver. Well, now I know immediately upon walking into the store, based on the search that I put into my handheld and the nav- navigation capability, I know which, exactly which row um, and, and where to go exactly in the store to find it. And then, it, and then what's nice about the application is because they know I was searching on something earlier in the day, um, they can make some suggestions about other items in the store that would, offs- w- would uh, complement the shopping in-store experience with what I have on my, uh, my handheld from an application perspective and how I interact with the website. So there are, there are a lot of innovations that are happening with in-store experience that are beyond the physical realm. So we, we can augment technology as we, as we help uh, customers navigate, especially some of these very large retailers. Yeah, they're, they're, they're massive. Guillaume, thoughts about big box stores? I'd love to hear what your experience oh, is. I totally agree with uh, Steve because um, this kind of experience is what uh, our clients ask us very often. Uh, finding the right product using the, the power of uh, big data and artificial intelligence as you have on, on the Internet but inside a shop is essential because this is something we are taking for granted. Now we're used to these kind of interactions, and a lot of our clients are asking us, "How can I help my my clients, my my customers, to find the right product, and how can I deliver the right experience, a seamless one?" So I totally agree with, uh, with Steve. This is very important. This is a must-have. Thank you very much, uh, Steve. Anything you want to wrap up on that? Because I'm going to go to a new topic in Guillaume's list. Any other thoughts, Steve? No, I don't think so. I think it's just um, it's it's uh, it's an amazing time when uh, so many techno- technological changes are available and we're, it's just nice to see retailers taking advantage of it. Uh, Absolutely. And we is. can talk about other examples like Amazon, for example. Yep. I, I just want to give a quick uh, a personal experience about six months ago when I first moved here, I was looking for a new bed and I found a retailer who came highly recommended. I made about six trips. We're talking eight to ten miles each way to get fabric samples. And kept. I had to check them out. And they had my credit card on file in case I absconded with these little samples. And spent a lot of time with their designer and the salesperson. It was very slow in the store. I didn't see any crowds. It was a very reputable store. When I finally picked the design, decided on the features, we agreed on the price and everything and the delivery date, I handed them my credit card in the store and said, here, take the deposit. And they said, no, we'd rather do it online. We'll send you an email. Well, they sent the email 24 hours later when I was busy emceeing an event here in my community, and I didn't have time to go and read it and check the details. So I waited. That was a Saturday. I waited until Monday. I went to the link on Monday, and the link was gone. It didn't work. It was a 24-hour do or die. Either you give us your deposit or we're not giving you your bed. I waited for them to call me back because the sale was not complete. This went on for a week, nothing. I went to their website. It was a very poor experience. I couldn't find a contact email. Finally contacted them. Another week went by. The designer 
called me, apologized, sent another link. Everything was wrong on the order. The price was wrong. The features were wrong. I contacted her again and said, I can't give you a deposit on the wrong merchandise. She told me my salesperson was sick. She apologized. He called me a week later and apologized. And I said, I've had it. This was a six-week order. We've wasted three weeks. You don't even have my deposit. I wanted it when I wanted it. I'm sorry. I don't trust you. And that was the last. They never followed up. Never said an apology. A manager never called. Now, Steve, seriously, in this day and age, combining an interactive, slightly digital experience, meaning we have to take your credit card through an email link with an in-store experience, which was lovely at the time. What do you think? How badly did they flop on that one? I think they flopped pretty badly. <laughs> I think you can tell the, by the passion in your voice that uh, that they missed on, on that experience. And, and you won't be back as a customer. Which is, Won't be back. Which, yep, that's right. Guillaume, any thoughts from you on that? No, the same as Steve. It was a big flaw, but these things happen. But um, it's frustrating and it's bad. Very. I'll give you one more. I was looking for a new car. I found the car of my dreams online on a very reputable car, something, three letters.com. I picked it out. I told them I was interested. I gave them my email, my phone number, my name. I got an immediate auto reply. Hello, I'm Bob. I'm your personal shopper. I'll get in touch with you. It's Sunday. I'll be back to you on Monday. That was two weeks ago. They never called. They never emailed. And today I got a beautiful email from them telling them the car has just been sold. I could have had it. It's been two weeks. Never got in touch with me. Now, is that retail Online, gone bad, Guillaume. Seriously? This is a major U.S. retailer of automobiles online. What do you think, Guillaume? How bad does it have to get to have that kind of lack? I think it's difficult to say, but probably um, too much processes and too much, uh, not enough personalization. I just see the customer as one figure in their Excel uh, spreadsheet. Uh, They're not dealing with you as a person. And personalized service is the key of the next step mm-hmm. in uh, the retail industry, as it was the first step, if you think. Uh, as I'm French, you know, uh, surely you know Zola. Zola is a French writer, and he wrote a lot about retail in the, beginning, mm-hmm. in the, end, the end of the 19th century. It, uh, his famous novel about retail is Au Bonheur des Dames. Uh, I'll leave you translate uh, in English. And he explained how... Uh, Retail mm-hmm. industry at this time, it was the beginning of the convenience store, the big retail stores. Uh, the men were waiting for the women to do shopping and they were offered coffee. They could read the uh, newspaper. Uh, the women could have a uh, custom fit uh, product. They could uh, have the delivery, home delivery the same day. Everything was speaking at the moment. This was the basics of retail industry. It's a lot of services around the product. And I think this is also the next step with technology, but we are going back to the basics. We need to go back to the basics for sure. I am going to call that car car dealer who's about two hours away and tell them I would have paid the same price and they would have had the sale done two weeks ago. All they needed to do was pick up the phone and say, come on over, 
we have the car. It's clean. It's ready for you. What are you trading in? And that would have been the end of that. I'm, I'm a little annoyed at that. Anyway, let's look at some other topic here in Guillaume's list. We have a few more minutes before we go to predictions. A lot to predict here. Guillaume says we need a standard for in-store digital, let me see, in-store digital merchandising. There are many technologies for digital merchandising, but retailers lack a system to unite them. They're connecting to different systems and they need to use a lot. We have CRM, BIAI, predictive algorithms, e-commerce, logistics, sensors, and IoT digital signage. Can you break this down for us, please, Guillaume? Uh, yes, <laughs> it's a lot of big words. Um, <laughs> you, you know, digital uh, install marketing has been going on since the eighties, but uh, now all the technologies you can use in a, in a shop using mobile apps, using um, uh, recommendation algorithm, using a digital signage, using uh, IoT to enhance the, the discovery of the product. Everything, almost everything exists but they are working uh, in silos. So how can you deliver a proper experience if everything works one next to the other? Everything should be together like in an orchestra, like playing the same music. And you need uh, a standard for them to play the same song, the same tune. And mm-hmm. also you need a standard because the scale of uh, the retail industry is huge. So you don't need to experiment a beautiful thing in one flagship. Uh, this is just PR or uh, brand marketing. It's not the real install marketing. You need to be able uh, to be able to develop this on a huge scale and to replicate it very, very, very easily. And for that, you need a standard because you cannot reimagine, rethink everything at the same time. If you're going, um, I don't know, in the US, your market is so big. Can you imagine uh, a brand like Apple thinking? Each time uh, they are delivering a product in the state, or maybe I could change this in my iPhone because, I don't know, in New York, they're a bit different in California. You need a standard to deliver this kind of experience to be able to, to use all the potency of the technology. And at the moment, there are no real standards. It's a bit like what uh, I felt when I started in the 90s, when I started uh, working in the web industry. There were no standards. Uh, you know, it's the edge of Netscape and this kind of uh, of big words from this era, from this period. But everything was to build. And now it's very standardized. Now you can have e-commerce uh, thanks to a lot of companies. But uh, Amazon, the first one. But before that, you need the standard. It's, uh, it's the foundation on which you can build the new step of the retail industry. Because uh, you have a lot of technology, a lot of... Um, BI algorithm, uh, marketing models, predictive, whatever. But if you don't link them together in a proper way, you will fail delivering the user experience. So we will fail to gather the information and to put back in the store the value uh, that now is missing. There is some other value has gone on the web. and We need to recreate value on the shopping experience and also on the shopper inside. And for that, you need a standard to be able to replicate and to follow the scale of deployment of the retail industry, basically. 
Kim, let me ask you, whose job is it to come up with that standard? Whose job? Is it to look at a retailer? Is it the CIO, the CEO? Is it the CFO? Is it a data scientist? Is it a, a millennial who's just been hired and says, hey, guys, this isn't working out too well. you got a lot of great tech here, but nothing's talking to it, to each other. Whose job is it to, to bring that awareness and make it happen? I think it's part of our job at Nickel to do that, to work on on the ability to have a, um, a standard framework to do in-store marketing, a framework that makes it possible for all the kind of IoT uh, to work together, to speak the same language, and also to link to all everything, all the beautiful technologies that are on the cloud. I think it's more about we are not the only startup to do that, obviously, but we have a different approach uh, because it's all at the same time physical and on the cloud, but it's it's more the startups that will deliver the standard and not the big retailers. They have all other things to do, mainly running their businesses, which is difficult. So I don't think they can come up with um, this kind of technology, uh, with this kind of standard. Uh, it's something else, something outside the normal business that can bring a new, shed a new light on the way marketing should be done in stores. Thank you. Steve Ritzke, we're just about at our predictions round, but I'd love to have your thoughts on what Guillaume just shared about uniting the systems. No, I, I think uh, there has to be true concert between what's happening in-store and what's happening with the customer uh, as, as the customer interacts with, with e-commerce. So agreed, uh, certain companies and, and you know, Amazon, now that, now that they have the Amazon Go stores, will start to um, begin to do this. Apple, of course, and, and many other um, retail experiences have a very good experience between what what's happening, obviously, in your handheld and what's happening in store. But more retailers will have to adopt that type of relationship between um, better handoff between the e-commerce experience and the and the in-store experience. Yeah. Well, what's the motivation there, Steve? Uh, are they facing do or die? Is this going to be the end? Will the brick and mortar fail and they'll be stuck with do or die online? Or, or oh. uh, Well, let's get into our predictions round. I tell you what, don't answer that question yet. Guillaume Valine at Indigo Connected Retail. Guillaume, let me give you, uh, let's say I give you about 90 seconds for your prediction. What is the future of brick and mortar? Can they be rescued? Are they motivated? Talk to me. Oh, they can be rescued, obviously. And they will be rescued. Um, they don't... They don't have any choice, so they will do it. And they've been thinking about it for a long time. I think now the, they're mature for that. And I think they are going to build more and more a shopping experience and shops that revolve not around the product, but around us shoppers. So I think that's the future of retail. So there are shops uh, that have been built around us and that will interact very smoothly, very naturally with us. So I think it's just a matter of time, they will do it. You know, they are very resilient, they're very big companies, they know very well their, their customers, so I see it quite bright. I'm glad to hear that, because many of us still like that in-store experience, don't we, Guillaume? We walk into a store, we at least want to be treated politely, if, or just if there are rude people working there, we want them to ignore us and not bother us and let us enjoy, hopefully, what will be nice displays, good merchandising. We'd like them to check us out politely. At the very least, we want to be able to find what we want easily and enjoy something about the store. Am I right about that, Guillaume? Yes, totally. Yes, it's. Uh, 
As I told, it's back to the basics, and they know their mm-hmm. job. They, they just need the technology to do it, and they will do it. Thank you very much, Steve Ritzke. Love to get your thoughts. Steve, I can give you a whole 90 seconds. Wow, it's bonus time today for your prediction. What do you think? Well, I think just prediction is more and more uh, of this interaction will happen, and, and the experience will be enhanced. Uh, one, one thing we're seeing is it may be experimental, but you walk into a grocery store today, and, and in the future, you won't, you won't check out. You'll simply have an application that's running on the handheld, and that'll know what you're taking out of the, the aisles and putting in your mm-hmm. basket, and you'll, you'll bring it home and you'll simply be paid for. So the, the future of retail is moving in directions like that based on the ability to uh, have technology that you're carrying interact with technology that's in the store and give you, um, and the, the retailer then has a much uh, deeper appreciation for what you're doing uh, day by day and can, you know, use those insights and, and big data um, in, a, in a much more immediate fashion. Interesting. My, my beautiful Harris Teeter store here, which came into the area just before I moved here last August, late in August, uh, it has a wine department. It's not the one I went to for the matzah, but they were already sold out. Uh, it has a, a wine department that is is like a medium-sized liquor store. It has a beautiful floral department. It has a Starbucks coffee area. It is such a lovely store, and they offer you can shop online and just pull your car into a certain spot in the parking lot, and they will come out and deliver all of your groceries to your car, put them in the trunk for you. You've already paid online. Well, what's interesting is I don't want to have an instant digital experience in my grocery store. I want to go. I want to look up and down the aisles of the wine department. I want to pick my lilies, my weekly lilies for my kitchen counter. I want to go and see the cheese department. I want to go and have a chat with the woman in the deli while she's slicing the turkey or the ham for me. Excuse me, I do eat ham. But anyway, I I look at that and I say, why would you, you know, how busy do you have to be not to want to take a half hour to go? And I know the checkers by now. I love browsing in the store. So to me, it's a real in-store experience to go to the grocery store once a week, once every 10 days. And I I love that it's a welcoming store. If you ask a person, Steve and Guillaume, if you ask them where, let's say, the, the frozen uh, pizza that's for sale is, that person will leave wherever they're working and they will walk you to the department and see if they can find that item for you and look and hand it to you and ask you if you need anything else. That's how helpful they are. It's, it's unbelievable. Nothing like my shopping experience in stores in New York, I'll tell you that. So uh, they even here, they unpack the cart for you. You don't even take the things and put them on the conveyor belt. They take the groceries out of the cart, pack them, and put it back in the cart and ask if they can send somebody to the parking lot to unpack for you. Unbelievable. They really have it right. Guillaume Valine at Indigo Connected Retail, such a pleasure to meet you. I hope the rain stops and you have that wonderful wine to cheer you up. And Steve Ritzke, I hope you feel better. Always great to speak with you. Christina so. So thank you for another good panel. And so here we are, and we are now going to say, fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? And a shout-out to Aaron, our engineer at World Talk Radio, the business channel. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game-changer today, just like Monsieur Guillaume Valine at Connected Retail, Indigo, my favorite new color, and Steve Ritzke at SAP. Signing off, I'll be back tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. Eastern with part two of the State of Innovation with a couple of really interesting panelists, as always, on our flagship show, Coffee Break with Game Changers. Signing off for now. Have a great day. Bye-bye. 
Thanks again for tuning in to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.